This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, so I have a friend staying over my apartment this weekend, right? You do? Yeah, not a friend friend. Not a friend that I'm sleeping with, which uh-huh. is an actual friend. Okay. But I've been freaking out because I'm like, how do you make uh, your apartment comfortable for guests? Because I don't, have never had guests over like that who are mm. staying over. And I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? I feel like I'm forgetting something. I got new towels, of course, because I prepared for Malik. Do I get like How drinks? many towels at this point do you have? Oh, I have like 10 or 15 towels. Okay, I think you just you gotta stop <laughs> on the towels. N- that's I normal. Like that's normal, right? That's normal. That's a print. You 10 to have- 15. Yeah. Yes, so you need to have 10 to 15 big towels and you need to have like a lot of small towels. towels. I feel like I'm just so used to as someone who uh, has entertained my fair share of straight uh, cis men. I'm so used to men just having like, I'm just, I'm saying men typically have like two towels. Maybe really? one. Maybe one. Men have two. All right. This is a very, we don't need it. I'm talking about men who are not, men who are not under the queer umbrella get real trifling when it comes to the towels. That's really? all I'm saying. Yeah, just because of washing yourselves in general. <laughs> My partner just uses one towel. And that's a problem. I, that's exactly what just, she just oh, I said. I said she, they use two. Okay. Either Nevertheless. Way, either way, I'm trying to <laughs> yes. figure out as we wrap this so up, this is what, what you do, do I need to get? This is what you do. Think of it Think of it as if you were going over someone else's apartment, yeah. what you would expect. I'd expect uh, bottles of water. Okay. I'd expect of maybe a full fridge. Uh, of what? Or just do snacks like veggies and dip and fruit. So I'm not housing. Well, actually, he is a vegetarian. Oh, yeah. but he he's no, he knows damn well. Don't you come in my house thinking you gonna get uh, hummus and you know lettuce? But and you stuff. eat hummus. Yeah, yeah just do, do like little hummus. snack dishes and maybe some wine and just and make water. sure everything's spick and span like a hotel. That's yeah, it. Hotel Ryan. That's I it. I need to clean tomorrow then. Yeah, okay. you do. Yeah, you might as well just take the day off Because you would certainly have an issue if you went over <laughs> someone's right. place and it wasn't clean. It's just a lot of pressure. So for some of you who listen to the show, you might be wondering who the third voice is. Well, Shar Giselle's filling in, are joining us all week long. Filling in for no one. We never have someone in the third uh, mic and she's owning it right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. We wanted to do something special. This exactly. Month. And this is fun. Thank like you. It. it is. I'm having a good time. Day two of five. Gosh, please Watch don't out. Count. I'm already sad. <laughs> it's actually fun. It makes me feel like we're just hanging out, talking about things. Lots to talk about today. You Coming sure do. up, uh, the impact of the Travis Scott tragedy on the music industry. That's at 4:25 p.m. Pacific, 7:25 p.m. Eastern. Plus, Shailene Woodley, you know Aaron Rodgers' fiance, is slamming the media. Coming out talking about his whole vaccine anti-vax comments. That's in the T Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. 
far-right personality Dennis Prager is getting called out for his remarks Monday during a discussion about COVID-19 vaccination on the conservative website Newsmax. And here's what he said. During the AIDS crisis, can you imagine if gay men and intravenous drug users or the vast majority of people with AIDS, had they been pariahs the way the non-vaccinated are? But it would have been inconceivable. First of all, how old is this man? Because he has gray hair on his head. Yeah. Okay. I was born in 1988. Okay. That was in the in in the 80s when the AIDS crisis was going on. One thing I'm not a fan of is revisionist history because this is what's going on. He's literally revising history and coming up with his own narrative because gay men were definitely pariahs during the height of the AIDS crisis. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it's a stigma for a reason. I mean, this is like anyway. It's like you don't do not compare. I hate when people start comparing. Oh those yeah, things. yeah, because you know the unvaccinated say they're it's like slavery. Yep. All right, <laughs> that was so much trending this hour. More to come in the next hour. We'll get into some other headlines of the day. But what's happening in entertainment news? Okay, so we've all wondered what Shailene Woodley has had to say about her husband Aaron Rodgers' big scandal in the NFL. Well, she's finally spoken out. Time for the T report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Miss Shailene is slamming news outlets uh, for disparaging her fiance Aaron Rodgers after he confirmed he was unvaccinated. Literally today, she shut down a report that published photos claiming that Rodgers stepped out in Los Angeles following his COVID-19 diagnosis. Mm -hmm. She said, literally, y'all need to calm the F down. This is straight up hilarious. A news outlet still grasping at straws to disparage Aaron, finding random effing men on the streets of L.A. and saying it's him. Um, Her latest comments about Rogers um, come after she clapped back at reports about her previous Instagram story and criticized the media over the weekend. Saying this, just read somewhere that the media is claiming I deleted an Insta story um, amid the chaos, an astrology post of all things, not cryptic at all, you dummies. Do you even know how stories work, bruh? They self-delete after 24 hours, literally LOLing over here at your determination to make a story out of nothing, grasping at straws at my, um, grasping at straws, my dears. So um, she has yet, just a little side note, she has actually yet to publicly share her own COVID vaccination status. She probably got it too. One thing about this is I'm just highly disappointed. I think because I fall in trap, I fall in prey to with certain celebrities. It's like kind of like you feel like you know them. And I feel like this is coming out of left field. I'm a fan of Shailene Woodley's yeah. work. But this whole attitude, first of all, we know you're not laughing. Like you're not literally LOLing over there at us. No, it's like we know you're under intense. Stri- She's yes. She's I just I don't know. She puts a bad taste in my mouth now. I didn't know. Um, granted, I did not know she was one of those salt of the earth type women. Not knocking that. But it's like COVID. It is real and the medicine's real. And one of the main things that's been irritating me about this whole ordeal is people who end up getting sick from COVID then rely on the same science to get to heal them. Like if he, if it gets bad, he's going to be in the hospital getting the best health care. And guess what I've said? I don't care if he gets sick. <laughs> oh, no, me neither. Me neither. I'm just saying how how it's like this yeah. weird yeah, dichotomy you, when you in their train of thought. when you need it, but, yeah. you know, when you don't, when you want to choose Okay, to so we got to get out of here. That's your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour on the hour, so stick around for that. Okay, well, next up, why the U.S. nursing crisis is getting worse and what is the solution? That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. While COVID-19 isn't necessarily surging in the U.S., hospitals are still experiencing a staffing crisis. According to a study from the American Medical Association, about half of medical workers reported feeling burnout during 2020. 
Almost half of ICU nurses said in another survey, a survey earlier this year, that they are considering leaving the profession. It's wild to, right? to see this. And I mean, mm-hmm. I get my insider tea from Grey's Anatomy. Of course you do. You know, they talking about it on this season. The, the, the nurses are over it. The doctors are too. Yeah. Wait, no, this season is a fictional one where COVID doesn't exist. Last no, season was No, but just the COVID. burnout. They're still talking oh, about the, yeah. the after effects of the pandemic. That is a real thing that's happening across this country. It mm-hmm. is. It really is. Well, joining us right now is Beth Feldpush, Senior Vice President of Policy and Advocacy for America's Essential Hospitals, which is a national trade association that represents more than 300 hospitals. So thank you, Beth, for joining us for this today. Hi. Thank you for having me. So... Is this something that we've never really seen before? (laughs) Could we have done anything differently? I think not at this level. I think the intensity of the pandemic over the last year and the long hours of working and just the burden of disease and and death that healthcare workers have seen, unfortunately, I think it's really just, you know, driving a lot of them out of the field, maybe even for their own mental health and sanity. Well, that's, I'm happy you brought up mental health because are hospitals, now that they're understanding that these nurses are finding a level of burnout that is kind of popping up in their life, are hospitals investing in mental health resources to kind of combat that? They are. They absolutely are. I think, you know, that's been one of the silver linings, the few that there are that have come out in the pandemic, is recognizing that we need to really take care of our caregivers. Um, hospitals are, are starting up programs and looking at how they can you know, refer providers to resources and make sure their staff are supported. There's also a bill that's been introduced by Congress, too, that would give more money to hospitals and other health care providers to take care of their staff and their needs. Yeah, this report that um, that I was reading, that we were reading, excuse me, is very, very alarming. I want to know, where do you see this going? Because I've seen an uptick of videos on social media with like even nurses, some nurses being like anti-vax and walking out on the job when the mandate comes in. So if there's already a shortage in burnout and we know that nursing takes an immense amount of schooling to even like it's not like you can go pluck someone off the street to be a nurse. Like there's training and there's schooling that goes into the job. Where do you see this going if? if this continues, if this trend continues in hospitals? Well, I do think we need to really build a more resilient and robust workforce and one that's more diverse and culturally competent, too. Hmm. So many of our hospitals are reaching out into the communities where they're located to find students who you know, may not otherwise see a pathway forward into healthcare, but giving them grants and scholarships and making sure that we're um, making sure that we're training these future healthcare workers in culturally competent care and that they're paying attention to health equity right from the start. Yeah, that's so important. I mean, the whole system needs to be changed. But what's being done right now to keep these workers there and dealing with their mental health? I mean, some of the things that our hospitals are doing is offering cash bonuses and incentives to providers to pick up extra shifts. Um, there are simply too many patients in hospitals right now for the staff to care for them. So we're leaning harder than ever on, on staff. Yeah. Um, so they're certainly trying to come up with incentives, whether it's you know time off to care for um, their loved ones, uh, some respite care, child care for folks that have young children at home, and certainly, you know, financial resources and bonuses as well just to to get them to hang in there. Yeah, because are the bonuses really to counteract that, you know, nurses are kind of taking jobs to be travel nurses where they can make more money versus being in a hospital all the time? 
I, I think the workforce is really shifting. So it's true that you know, some nurses are leaving a full-time job in a hospital to work for an agency where they'll have more flexibility over their hours or their schedule or even kind of where they're working. Um, so that is one of the things we're seeing shifting in the workforce right now. We know that America has been not the best at handling the COVID-19 crisis. Is this problem as far as like nurses experiencing burnout and, and doctors experiencing burnout, is this a, an exclusively American problem or is this global? No, it's it's global. I mean, you're right. Certainly the U.S. has been hit hard and we've seen you know, many cases and more so than other countries. Um, but there have been surges in you know, many or most countries out there and uh, healthcare workers everywhere are, are struggling. Yeah, and I think as we wrap this up, we have about 15, 30 seconds left. Um, I want to know, because with this shortage is happening, what communities are being impacted the most out of this? Especially when it comes to black and brown communities. I just feel like this they're the ones that are probably, these shortages are happening in those communities, in those places where these hospitals are located. And, I mean, what do we do at this point? Mm, yeah. We know black and brown communities have certainly been hardest by the pandemic. That's been clear from, you know, day one. And that's where many of our hospitals are located. And, you know, they're trying to support those communities and and get them vaccinated. Um, And, you know, along with those communities and patients there from those black and brown communities having COVID, um, the people that work in our hospitals are also members of those communities. So it really kind of circles back where you've got caregivers that you know, maybe having COVID themselves or their family members have COVID. They're sort of hit harder both at home and um, and at the workplace. So, you know, I think, again, it, unfortunately, given what our country um, is facing in terms of still facing down the impact of structural racism and hundreds of years of health inequities and health disparities, unfortunately, that is playing out and hitting those minority communities worse and, and the workers that live there, too. Yeah. So be, be a compassionate to our healthcare workers. They are going through a lot. Right. <laughs> Instead of fighting them all the time. See, people well, remember like at first everybody was nurses. compassionate. Yeah, they true. were given round of applause. And then it got and, complicated. And now everybody wants to be aggressive and violent towards them, uh, unfortunately. Well, that was Beth Feldpush, Senior Vice President of Policy Advocacy for America's Essential Hospitals. Thanks again. Thank you. We appreciate it. Next up, one Republican has decided to blame uh, video games and porn for the current state of manhood. Let's get into it. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Back and in a bizarre sit-down with Axios, Senator Josh Hawley had a message to men about the left-wing attack on manhood. And to you, paint a picture. What's a man? Well, a man is a father, a man is a husband, a man is somebody who takes responsibility. As conservatives, we've got to call men back to responsibility. We've got to say that spending your time not working, and we have more and more men who are not working, spending your time on video games, spending your time watching porn online while doing nothing is not good for you, your family, or this country. So a viewer's watching this, and they're thinking, really, what the liberals are doing are going to push me to watch Pornhub more or play Donkey Kong more? Do you mean that literally? Well, what I mean literally is that I think the liberal attack, the left-wing attack on manhood says to men, you're part of the problem. It says that your, your masculinity is inherently problematic. It's inherently oppressive. Mm. <laughs> well, thoughts? <laughs> I mean, I love how Axios, the reporter, called him out. He's like, see, this is like you literally think them playing donkey. They're telling people to play video games and watch porn. That's what the Democrats are doing. Well, here's my thing, right? I cannot stand Josh Hawley, but I do agree with with some of what he said, right? Sitting around all day watching porn and playing video games is not good for you. True, but is that because the liberals? However, right, that's where it gets saucy for me because however, you cannot avoid accountability. And a, a lot of the times masculinity is inextricably linked to toxic masculinity. So mm-hmm. I don't think that there's some liberal agenda to rid the earth of masculinity. I, I personally love a masculine oh. man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. However, I think that people are are within the culture forcing people to really hold up a mirror and examine the ways in which they contribute to oppressing mm-hmm. others. Masculinity is just as healthy as femininity is. However, yeah. it's about how you go about it and what what are you doing? Are you con- how are you contributing or I should say dismantling the patriarchy? So that it's a level playing field and that you're not out here oppressing others and being a jerk. Yeah, I think it's important to to also preface that statement with saying, like, one doesn't exist without the other in some sense. Like, you have to have a, a fair and healthy balance of understanding of breaking down the patriarchy and what your role plays into. If you also are going to think about masculinity and femininity being an important part of the overall conversation, right? Like, there's a balance there. Because Josh, one's not more important than the other. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like Josh Hawley is one of those people who, in his video, Vision of masculinity and it, on, on the opposite end of the coin femininity is this like this traditional type sense like homemaker uh-huh. home, listen I, the man is the head of the household like all of that nonsense and so uh, but here's yeah. my thing it's, oh. it's like it, you know a broken clock can be you know wrong and and right twice a day just an old <laughs> narrative I just am like so sick of being like just because you're asking you're challenging people specifically men and yeah you're raising a mirror and saying like this is what has not worked and like we want you to look at your identity differently and see how you've played into Go some horrible things also, that have happened. Like, why is that bad? There's nothing wrong with watching porn and playing video games. That's true, there's too. Not, like, there's access. not. 
And actually, some I of them, there's hugely successful people that obviously are part of the porn industry that, and part of the video But industry. I think that plays into what traditional people feel like, especially the the chains and the shackles that it seems like sex positivity is not allowed to happen in, in mm. traditional and conservative spaces. And they look at being sex positive or watching porn as these awful things that yeah. are like a distraction. And it's just like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, there's, um, it's about, um, you know. Uh, moderation. The, yeah, moderation of it all, of course. That's with anything. But the idea that you can't watch porn or play video games just feels like absolutely stupid. And this talking point feels rehearsed because Christian Walker said it first. Let's be honest. (laughs) Christian Walker, if you are not familiar, is this Republican, black, queer, extremist person. Son of an NFL player. Yeah, son of an NFL player. And honestly, sometimes you don't know if he's being serious or if he's just being crazy. Um... I guess we can play the clip coming uh, back. Clip? I have a clip. I okay. want to kind of play it. You sure? I really want to. Well, I guess, yeah, we got to go, right? Okay, we're going to play it. That was a nice little tease. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> coming More up ridiculousness. Next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We were talking about Senator Josh Hawley, Republican, and his attacks against Democrats, who he says are using video games and porn to bring down men. <laughs> And so, Ryan, you said he's not the first person to actually say this. No, it's a recycled take. You know, I feel like he's just taking things at this point that a really well-known Republican, and oftentimes I don't even know if he (laughs) is joking or if he's being serious, Christian Walker. And here's what, you know, my dear friend had to say. Dear men, maybe we wouldn't have so many man-hating feminists if you stopped watching porn in your mom's basement, went out and got a job, and took people out on dates instead of DMing people at 11.30pm. Hey, you up? You up? You want a spouse to love you and serve you and you can't even type out a full sentence? Hey, W-Y-D. W-Y-D, I'm waiting on Prince Charming. Oh, and another tidbit for you? The porn stars you watch every day don't know who you are. The OnlyFans people, the OnlyFans women you're DMing back and forth aren't messaging you back. They're in- so here's the thing. Uh, when you're dragging straight men, cishet men, go for it. I'm down for I it. I agree Never- with everything that's, Christian that's, said. That's, that's it. You know, I'm... I and Christian is a, is a conservative personality. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, 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 he's black. He's, and he's actually, um, he's being totally serious in these moments. Um, yeah, it sounded like a He's very pro-Trump. Um, well, you know that they all, cut. they all, Ryan and I have talked about this. Yeah. There's like a certain delivery playbook that they all, like Christian is, he's primed and ready for Fox News. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the delivery is there. Yeah. It's of the O'Reilly. It's of the mm-hmm. Carlson. It's, it, it's, it's there. And so it does sound comedic because most of Fox's personalities mm-hmm. are comedic. <laughs> Can't take it so, seriously. But in that vein, I I agree with everything Christian Walker just said. <laughs> you up? You up? <laughs> Don't be- no, but it is. It's 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 just really interesting because I think in the ways that you think that that was just comedy is the ways that most Republicans sound because there's no way that you can take them seriously when you're talking about this. And they can't even, you know, think of anything better to really honestly talk about yeah. or latch themselves I'm to. I'm so sick of people just attacking each other instead of saying, okay, this is a problem. Here's the solution. Right. Just right. How is Josh Hawley action. leading the charge on masculinity? Does he think he sets a good example? Exactly. By inciting riots is on it, January yeah. 6th? He's going to start a workshop for men. Oh, gosh. <laughs> As if we need any more. You know what? I'm going to clamp my I just, tongue. I just don't believe, even if it's like all Christian based and the, those beliefs are Christian, Christian 
Christianity based. I don't believe any guy wants you just to not to what you know self relieve yourself like masturbate. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to like the initial point, like the way I interpreted it it's a was like word. Yeah, and the way I interpreted it was was in excess. I don't know, but maybe he just meant in general. <laughs> to not do anything? I mean, like the video games and the pornography. Oh, yeah, yeah, I interpreted yeah, yeah. it as in, in excess. No, yeah, no, they're just using it as a, like a way to just use that against because, everyone. And, and honestly, don't that... Never mind, I'm not going to even go there. We can move on. Yeah, you get the on. point. We you get the point. On. Keep watching your porn and playing video games. It's going to be okay. Well... That's been a part of traditional masculinity since the things have and been invented. And a lot invented. of women, all genders do that too, by the way. just It's all about balance. Anyway, next up, the study that reveals more about, around American Indians' mental health. That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back, and it is a full house here in the studio, of course. Ryan and me are here, and Char Giselle is on the third mic all weekend. Weekend. OMG, keep, week you long. You keep trying to throw the weekend Why do I keep sure? saying the weekend is the week? Maybe I'm just, I don't even I know. I will not be here this weekend. I know. Stop trying to throw that in my it's lap, just like Lazar. It just flows out of my mouth. <laughs> like weekends. Yeah. Anyway, you're here. It's exciting to have you here. I've been having a lot of fun. I'm enjoying the convo. So let's get into it. Lots coming up on the show. Oh, the Bella Hadid Zane drama continues. The model shared a pretty intense picture on her Instagram. We'll get more into that in the Tea Report in a moment. Plus, how Singapore is dealing with the unvaccinated. And we're going to talk about if uh, this is something we should be doing in the U.S. Or if it's too much, too extreme. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. LGBT American Indian and Alaskan Native adults have higher levels of mental health issues, physical abuse and economic instability than their non-LGBTQ peers, according to a new report. The study released last month by the Williams Institute at the UCLA School of Law in advance of Native American Heritage Month in November found 42 percent of AIAN LGBTQ adults have been diagnosed with depression compared to less than a quarter of non-LGBTQ Native people. Uh, Also, particularly women are more likely to engage in high-risk health behaviors, including heavy drinking, according to their findings. You know, this doesn't surprise me because there's been reports for years, aside from LGBT indigenous folks, just with, you know, cishet folks dealing with an increased amount of depression and the suicide rates within indigenous tribes within the United States. So, I mean, this does not surprise me. It's terrible. And I think that more resources and funding need to go into helping them. That is true. Because we keep on uh, hearing about these studies. It's like, okay, telling us the obvious, which is great. The data is there. Yeah. What do we do with this? Totally. Now, Deputy Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre called out Governor Ron DeSantis for suing over the administration's vaccine or testing mandate. Here she is today. This president put moved forward with uh, with this comprehensive uh, vaccination effort very early on uh, in his administration uh, to make sure that we get to a place that we can get out of this pandemic. And, you know, the question is really that I have is why are these legislators, these Republicans getting in the way of that, getting in the way of saving lives, getting in the way of us making sure that the economy is working as well uh, and getting out of this pandemic. And so that's the question for them. Now, a trend that began yesterday, more than 4 million Instagram users shared photos of their pets along with a sticker that said a tree would be planted for each one. Did you see this on Instagram? No, I did. 
I saw this on someone's. I was like, what is going on? So there was confusion about this from the original source. An account called Plant a Tree Co. took responsibility, saying it began as a fun tree planting campaign, but that it immediately realized the post would grow too big and that we didn't have the resources to plant that many trees. We deleted it 10 minutes later. Plant a Tree Co. says it is now taking part in a fundraiser so it can actually plant 4 million trees. Because I guess so they overproject it. Yeah, many basically. people did it. You never know. You always say you want a viral campaign, and then it doesn't happen, and then you're not expecting it, and it does. So yeah, it's all least, about management, yeah, and at least they were transparent and honest. Exactly, and it's for a good cause. Where would you even plant four million trees? The Amazon, somewhere that needs <laughs> so it. There's trees. a lot of areas that they've taken down the trees. There's a lot of un. Then why would they put them um, back up? Well, because they needs the, for for uh, we need them to help CO2. us breathe and yeah. things like that, but they can't put them back up because a lot of times when they knock them down, <laughs> it's for a building. Stuff. Yeah, they put an apartment. Well, deforestation, over it. they do knock it down in the middle of forest. They should be rebuilding it. Anywho, well, mm. that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, y'all? Oh my goodness, Bella Hadid took to her Instagram this morning, and you mentioned uh, Zayn earlier, but that's her sister Gigi. You almost threw me O-M-G. off with that. Omg, that's Gigi. I can't even keep up with Hadid sister. So. All right, Gigi Hadid, the Zane, there was uh, physical abuse, yes, domestic abuse, alleged. alleged. Yeah, we're not talking about that. But I we're know, but then the about Bella, Bella is the other model. She's sister. the elder. Got it. And Bella, uh, she she revealed, I thought she was, is she not? I think she's Oh, she's younger. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> We we're all over up. the place today. Either, either way, she took to her social media to reveal that she cries almost, you know, quote, every day and every night for the past few years. It's no secret that Bella has been dealing with chronic depression for the last few years. She said in an Instagram caption, for anyone struggling, please remember that sometimes all you've got to hear is that you are not alone. Alone. So from me to you, you are not alone. I love you. I see you. And I hear you. She's only 25, you know, and she has a lot going on. She's a supermodel. She's out there running around with the gender girls and and Emrata, you know, and can I say something? Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my thing is, yes, I have major empathy for anyone who ha- goes through mental health issues because it's very true and it's very real, it's very valid. Um, but sometimes I wonder, especially in her posts, mm-hmm. of the photos, and this may be my hot take, and people may not like it. But her, the photos of her taking photos of herself where you're crying, I always kind of find that to be disingenuous. <laughs> yeah. And then also it's one of those things about, like, yes, even though you are maybe you exist in a privileged space, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't go through things. Which, yeah. yeah, you're of not course, immune to depression. True. Right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I always wonder, and I, I think I always question, when you're like putting up like five or six photos of yourself in different moments of your life where you're crying, is this so, planned? Is this what is this? Uh, like, what does that really I, look I'll, like? Uh, you could go. I do have a, t- a take on that because I, I, I have, you I'm have one done of those it. people. That's why I look. So, at you. so here's the thing. I know that <laughs> I know that there are quite a few people. Like, for example, you know, Beyonce formulated an entire documentary off of her vlogging. Like, I journal. I like putting pen to the paper. Some people like doing it in their notes apps, and some people like documenting things in videos and photos. So that's the yeah. first thing. Yeah. But to, to to speak to what Ryan's saying, I kind of get. It because it's like also you're a Hadid, so you have access to things that a lot of us don't, especially when it comes to dealing with your depression. Yes. However, you know, when you get money and stuff, like all it does is amplify whatever is already there that no, you haven't it's dealt true. with. That's very true. But again, she has access. She Privilege has access doesn't take away like mental health issues. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. it, that's not what I'm saying at that's all. That's not what it's, he's saying. Yeah, but, I just think the idea of the way you're talking so the about documentation. it, the documentation. So yeah. So as someone who has. Um, 
ugly cried and taken pictures of it. Right. Why? Uh, is, uh, you know, I am the type of person that when I was younger, I would cry and just stare at myself in the mirror and be like, why? And then it kind of made it funny. Like, you're like, kind of looking at yourself like this awareness. It's very meta. And then you're kind of like, okay. Yeah, that's what they it's show like a witnessing. Yeah, it's that, like, like a witnessing of yourself. Okay, yeah, but why share really quickly? Because we got to go. That's why. It's like in that moment. You explain anything to Well, me. no, it's because it's kind of like looking in the mirror. You're looking at a, a okay, picture. But and also the, to the remind yourself a of a moment that you are really down to show that you have come out of that. When I'm crying personally, the last thing I'm thinking about is unlocking my camera. <laughs> Exactly. I, that's it. There's that's a range it. of crying that we're talking about Personally. here. I don't know. Okay. I'm not judging. I'm Next not up, judging. speaking of crying. I'm get well soon, um, Bella. Yes, exactly. Uh, they're back. Student loan payments are returning. Oh and uh, so what you need to know next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Uh, we've got some bad news. The student loan pause from the pandemic is ending January 1st, 2022. No! Yeah. yeah. I awful. mean. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. We're still in the pandemic. Not to a lot of people. But the COVID is still out there. We're still in a pandemic. It just does not make any sense to me. But I understand American capitalism. Let's go. Yeah. So we want to talk about what to do to best prepare for this moment. So joining us right now is Rita Soledad Fernandez Polino, a queer Mexican-American personal finance educator, founder of Wealth Para Todos. Thanks so much for joining us. Hello, thanks so much for having me. Hello, I love your enthusiasm considering the topic. <laughs> yeah, I I like talking dinero no matter what. Okay. I know that's right. Oh, child, then give me some. Okay. <laughs> Abundance. <laughs> so what's the first thing that folks should do before that date? Definitely right now we all need to be looking at our current income that's coming in and making a spending plan. See how much money you have to put towards your student loans. And start looking at your documents, start seeing what type of repayment plan you are going to choose, something that you can afford. I would say that would be step number one, log on to your loan provider platform. You probably forgot that username, reset the password, do everything you got to do so that you start can, um, start to get an idea of what your numbers are and what your expected payment should be and if you need to make adjustments with that. Yeah, because once you're trying to figure out your budget and everything, can't you also look into like public service loan forgiveness or just loan forgiveness programs in general? What does that look like? 
Yeah, so I want to make sure that everyone goes to studentaid.gov. That is the website where you can find um, options about the different types of repayment plans and also learn more about different student loan forgiveness programs. And there's different types, right? There's forgiveness, there's cancellation, and there's also discharge. And some popular, well, one popular student loan forgiveness program is the public student loan forgiveness program. It is known historically, though, for having such low expectance rates. I'm talking about um, 98% of the people who apply to get their student loans forgiven, unfortunately do not get approved. And this is a program that requires 10 years of service before you can even um, apply. So imagine, like, that's something that right now Congress is working on because it is, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's a vergüenza. It's a vergüenza. It's an embarrassment mm. that we have such a low rate of people who are actually getting accepted for student loan forgiveness. But that is one program. There's also teacher um, student loan forgiveness, but a lot of these forgiveness programs have very, like, small little details. They want to make sure that you're making payments consistently, consecutively. You cannot take breaks. Even for my own personal finance story, I can share that I was a former math teacher and I was paying my student loans. And for four years, I worked at one school. When I got pregnant with my first child, I had to take some time off because of pregnancy complications. And I started teaching again, taught another three years. But because I took that one year off, I was not given my student loan forgiveness as a teacher. Wow, this is, I just have a headache. You know, this story was pitched yesterday, just full transparency. This story was pitched yesterday, and then five minutes later, I got a voicemail from someone from Student Loans saying, like, you know, we're we're revving up. (sighs) Okay, sometimes Student Loans just make me wish I didn't go to school at all. But I have to ask you. I know, and you're not alone. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's because it seems like I'll never get out of it. But I have to ask your personal opinion. Do you, I, there's been a lot of uh, conversation around just getting rid of student loans altogether? Do you think that that's something that we'll see in our lifetime? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope that everybody's listening. Um, you know, goes to Congress.gov and checks out the legislation that different representatives have brought forward to the House to try to cancel student loans that we all feel motivated to make phone calls, especially if you're somebody who doesn't even have student loans anymore. Maybe because you were privileged enough to have access to generational wealth and you were able to get um, some student loan help with, uh, not student loan, you were able to get some college um, payment help from your from loved ones. I hope that you also advocate for everybody. I have so many clients who are social workers, teachers, um, professors. These are people who are first-gen wealth builders, the first people in their families to go to college. And they took on the student loan debt because they wanted to have these careers that no longer were going to be like backbreaking labor like their parents had. And now they have you know, $60,000 of student loan debt, $100,000 of student loan debt. And I am really advocating that their loans get forgiven. Everybody who's in these, you know, these careers, it's so important that if you're, that we look out for you too, you know? Um, so yeah, I definitely want to see student loan forgiveness. I think it's, it's necessary. And I think it's a social justice issue. It definitely is. And before we wrap up, just any other tips uh, for those who are going to be having to pay these loans starting at the end of January? Definitely, like I said earlier, check out the student aid, um, studentaid.gov website. Make sure that you're aware of the different repayment plans that are available to you. And I also just want to remind everybody that student loans, especially if they're public student loans, there's a difference between public student loans and private student loans. Um, if it's a public student loan and there's low interest rate, and I'm talking about anything below 9%, you can still be investing for retirement. 
please make sure that you have like that comprehensive financial plan. You can still have a plan to retire early or retire at some point. Um, the student loans, that low interest rate, isn't shouldn't be the biggest, scariest thing on your plate. Okay, well, thank you for all of that. That's great. That was uh, Rita Soledad Fernandez Polino, founder of Wealth Para Todos. Thank you so much again. Thank you again for having me. Yeah, have a great rest of your day. Uh, next you up, too. how Singapore is dealing with the unvaccinated. And is this something we would want to implement here? I don't know. It's a debate. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Singapore is cracking down on the unvaccinated. They are saying that people unvaccinated by choice will no longer receive free COVID-19 treatments. Is that right? Or is it wrong? I don't want to speak for Ryan, but I think we're on the same page with this. <laughs> we were kind of talking about this off air. We should mention that Singapore is a country that offers universal health care. So that differs okay. from the United States. From what I'm reading, MetaShield Life is what covers their large bills from hospital care and certain outpatient treatments. And patients just have to pay like certain premiums or dedu- deductibles, coinsurance mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's what differs from our health care system over here, because we know that ours is trash. But um I'm totally with Singapore with this. If you want to intentionally not get vaccinated and you keep, you know, you're getting COVID, then we're going to charge you. We're going to treat you because that's the Um, ethically right thing to do. But you're going to be coming out of some money for it. It's like a premium of sorts. A a large one. Yeah. Because we won't be covering this. Yeah. Yeah, over the past 28 days, Singapore recorded some 91,000 new coronavirus infections, 98.7% of which were asymptomatic or mild cases, according to the health ministry. Um, For me, when you're living in a space or living in a country where uh, the numbers are climbing and you have like at this point, there's still a tons of cases that are coming in. It feels like you have to kind of do what's necessary to figure out, well, these small amount of people, not even small amount because 91,000 is very big. But in the glam, you know, grand schemes of things, if people aren't doing what they're supposed to do to remain healthy or to help the overall population, then what is next? What can we do to move forward? Well, what's necessary? What's yeah, necessary? like what do you do to motivate or at least uh, take you need to take something away sometimes for people or make it harder to get something I mean, for, just, to incentivize people. Here's the thing, just as 2 days ago, the November 7th, 1,725 people were hospitalized with the virus. And of those, 301 of them were required oxygen. Mm. And 62 are under close monitoring in the ICU. And 67 are critically ill and intubated. This is hu- like this is not okay. And so I, I don't know if other countries should be looking at this differently. Maybe the United States can figure something out. I don't know. What I was you- about to say, what are we going to do? Charge people extra? Because we yeah, we're already pay paying a lot. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's true. Uh, well, we're going to continue talking about this after the break. So the debate continues next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We've been talking about Singapore and how they've said to their people that if you have chosen to be unvaccinated, then you will have to pay for your medical bills if you're treated for COVID-19. And so I I think it would be unethical if they just said we're not taking you, right? Why do you feel that way? Please break that down I think just because... 
someone else does something unethical doesn't mean that you should be doing something unethical back. I do think there's like an ethical uh, thing around, including healthcare and taking care of someone. A lot of people do things irresponsibly that, by the way, they know can hurt them or yeah, kill them. Yeah, they're conscious decisions. Exactly. And if that would... I feel but, like be like madness if everyone who went to the well, hospital went to get taken care of. You'd be like, oh, did you consciously do this or unconsciously? Like, no, I, I, mean, I don't it, think it, that's it, the language. It's very dangerous. It gets very dangerous. It is. A, it 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 can be a slippery slope yeah. when it comes to that. However, if you're zapping people of their resources, my thing is what. What do people envision for us getting out of this? Because the thing is, if you don't get vaccinated, this thing is going to keep mutating, yeah. which means it'll never go anywhere. Yep. Y'all don't want to wear the masks. We're going to be in masks forever if you don't do the vaccination. The the horse dewormer, like, like literally the science backs it. And like I mentioned in the earlier story with the football player, Shailene's fiance, is that Aaron these Rogers. people are so anti-vax. Like you're, you're actively choosing not to get vaccinated. And then when you get sick, you're running to the hospital to use the same science. Okay. Science and medicine that you just turned down. Hypocrites, so yeah. here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Singapore, I think, has found a way of doing it that works for them. But if we're bringing this type of idea to the states, I think that if you are a private business, if you're a private doctor, you have the right to choose if you want to serve, uh, you know, serve someone. I'm not saying you don't have the right. It's what's when it comes ethical. to this. I mean, my thing is, I, it has to be ethical because doctors and nurses are getting sick because of folks who are not vaccinated and people on their deathbeds saying, we refuse to take it. We don't want to take it. We don't want to do it. We don't and, believe the science. And it's it's really impacting our health care work. What if every all of our health care workers are getting sick? And, or well, they and already are. are. I mean, and, but, and, and even more in a, in a larger number. And I, I think we can really see that if we don't start to take some steps into being like there that accountability. Has to be a, yes, accountability of a clear line that needs to be drawn. This is just what it is. Because we're going COVID's not going away. We're gonna to have to figure out how to live with this uh, with Ugh. COVID for the rest of our lives. And yeah, speaking yeah. to the ethics, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying, Shira, but for you to consciously, I can see if you got COVID by accident, by chance. But if you're making a conscious decision and you're out here maskless with no vaccine, he and Han in people's faces and you happen to get COVID because like literally these conversations, it does not matter if you don't watch the news. If you're not on social media, these conversations are at the forefront. And so I just think that if you are consciously making that decision, then you have to consciously deal with some of the consequences that come with it. Yeah, consequences, which means you might get it. But I, I do think there um, are certain rules and regulations we should place in terms of like how we tr- treat people. No, I people understand because it's a slippery yeah. slope. It is a slippery slope. It's because a slippery slope. There are people that don't have access that might not be able to like stop working, might right. put themselves in consciously put themselves in a place of getting COVID and. How much but are they to blame? Start you know? ethically saying like I can't, I can't um, help you. I can't serve. Well, there's you. a difference between can, saying that can trickle into other exactly, and that's where things. it gets it gets strange. And there's a gray area. Yeah. Well, anyway, let us know what you think at LGT shows, or you can find us on social media. Should we be taking on rules like Singapore is doing right here in the U.S.? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Well, coming up, we've got what's trending this hour. Uh, <laughs> Lance Bass learns he's a distant relative of a certain other pop star. That is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Back and more music coming up right here on Channel Q. But we've also got Shara Giselle here in the studio with us joining us on the third mic. Oh, yes. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. Happy Tuesday. Exactly. Happy Tuesday. 
Coming up in 30 minutes, the country making it illegal for your boss to text you after work. Oh, hopefully it's the United States of America. Oh, well, you'll see that it's in 30 minutes. Plus, in the T Report, Lance Bass learned he's a distant relative of another pop star. We'll tell you who in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Malala, the Nobel Peace Prize winning Pakistani activist, has gotten married. She announced on Instagram today. She said, today marks a precious day in my life. Asher and I tied the knot to be partners for life. We celebrated a small Nika ceremony at home in Birmingham. <laughs> I always pronounce that wrong with our families. And so her husband, Asher Malik, is an operations manager for the Pakistan Cricket Board from the city of Lahore. So congrats to her. I mean, I feel like I, I remember her as a, obviously a child when she became yeah. internationally uh, famous, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And she's she was some, persecuted for yes. just trying to go to school and get an education. And she got shot. Yeah. And almost died and has since become a hero and an incredible activist. So beautiful that she's growing up. And I know. It feels so strange. But congratulations to her. I've I've been a fan of hers for a long time, too. Me too. And finally, an NBC News analysis of 15 years of last FM listenership data, which tracks tens of millions of songs played daily by millions of people around the world, found that the popularity of All I Want for Christmas is You, you know, typically people listen to it in late November, December, but in the past decade, Decade and the past three years specifically, increased listenership for it has started in early November and even in October. What's happening? Are we craving um, Christmas earlier? Yeah, Mariah Carey has, it's no secret. As soon as the clock strikes 12 on November 1st, Mariah Carey is dropping a new video, you know, smashing a pumpkin. And the song, like, her fans don't play. But the lambs do not play. They said people are listening even late October. Are just people craving the holidays? I feel like we need this jovial time right now. Well, Thanksgiving doesn't matter. And so when you want to just jump right to Christmas, that's kind of how I do it. After Halloween, it goes straight to the the best holiday ever. Thanksgiving matters to me. It matters to me, too. It also matters to the thousands of, you know, Canadians. I I just like the break, (laughs) to be honest. I just like the indigenous people that died because of pilgrims. Well, I don't, in fairness, (laughs) I don't celebrate Thanksgiving for the traditional American way, okay? Thanksgiving is about gathering with friends and family to me. We don't talk about pilgrims and Native Americans. That's why we jump straight to Christmas. I mean, but someone could say, you know, the war on Christmas and indoctrination mm -hmm. and white Jesus. Yep, there you go. Well, let's say that then I agree with it completely you know the minute that it gets colder and the pumpkin spice lattes come out and you need to put on the layers I just want to play those Christmas songs even though I'm a Jew okay that was what's trending this hour what's happening in entertainment news well I mean I did want to talk about Lance Bass and his surprise family announcement that he just made yes um it's time for the tea report those pop culture stories trending right now but we have time. Okay, so here's the thing. Lance Bass did a fun game show on Ancestry's like YouTube channel, which who knew they had a YouTube channel? I did not. It cost two it's called Two Lies and a Leaf. Um and oh, it's that's really, cute. That's cute. It's like really interesting. Um, it's uh, their latest episode. Well, basically, Lance Bass discover he's a distant relative of Dun dun Britney Spears. Wow. Here's a moment. Are you kidding me? I don't care about losing because this is amazing. I know, I guess you really are the true winner here. Oh my gosh. Wait, how am I related to Britney Spears? Britney is your sixth cousin once removed. Boom! This is the, look, I wanted to be related to the queen. Well, now I'm related to the queen of pop. That is so crazy though, because I mean, I feel like she's my little sister and this whole time she's been my little cousin. She's a bass. She's a bass. 
That I is mean, cute. What does that mean? Sixth cousin removed. Uh, like there was some sort oh, of oh a marriage meaning mm-hmm. it wasn't bloodline it was based on a marriage. Well, you know right? this does not surprise me because uh, uh, Lance Bass is from Laurel, Mississippi, and mm-hmm. Brittany is from Kentwood, Louisiana, and that's a two-hour drive. Also, my family originates from Louisiana and Mississippi, and they're virtually the same state, if you ask me. But they're very tribal about that. You know, Louisiana, the boot is the boot, and the sip is the sip. If you know, you know. I do not know, but thank you for that. (laughs) I don't know either. That's your team report. (laughs) Now, uh, next up, how the music industry could change, including security, after the Travis Scott tragedy. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The tragedy at Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival left eight people dead, dozens injured as the crowd surged towards the stage during his set Friday night. You know, it's brought up a lot of questions and urgency around making sure this doesn't happen again, of course. Jesse K joins us again, who's the CMO of DreamStage and editor-in-chief of Beats and Bites. Uh, thanks for joining us for this very unfortunate story. Of course, Shira. Hello, my friend. It's good to hear your voice. I know. It's been a while. It has. And and whenever we have music or event stories come up, I, we definitely think about you. What are industry insiders saying about this right now? Well, first of all, it's really tragic. It's sad. It's scary. It's upsetting. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned. Um, you know, I, I want to say that I think Travis is handling this well, oh, no. uh, I I feel like he definitely uh, did not know this was happening. And there was a lot of clickbait. There was a lot of false reports. There's conspiracy theories out there. And definitely mistakes were made, uh, especially on the promoter side, especially on Live Nation side. Uh, but I, Travis, I don't think knew this was happening. And I, I think this is a little bit of a testament to the times of, of how pent up the energy is right now and how people are just dying to get back out there and be together and have these live events. Hmm. And we could see it like Live Nation stock was at an all time high headed into that festival weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people are hungry to go out and they've got a lot of energy on their hands. And I think that, unfortunately, um, it was misdirected. And Travis is the, the rager, right? He's rage against the machine. He is the mosh pit of all mosh pits. If you've been to a Travis Scott show, it's scary electric. And it's been that way since he was playing Gramercy Park Theater, right? Now he's got his own festival, and this thing is beyond sold out. And okay. they bum-rushed it. So, Jesse, bum-rushed, yeah. real quick, um, I, 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 I'm interested that you use the words like scary electric. I'm interested that you say that he's a rager um, and also in the sense of that he didn't really possibly know this, right? We will never probably really know how much he knew. Um, but I think we can go back into, you know, what a lot of news outlets are picking up of previous instances at past concerts where this has kind of been a theme of his, where people have either gotten, you know, hurt or he has been arrested for wanting people to get insulted at said concerts. For inciting a riot. For inciting a riot. So I wonder, 
Do you think, especially when it comes to mosh pit rager culture, do you think that is this is the end of that? Do are we going to see this kind of dwindle? Because at this point, no one really knows what the balance is. Um, because yeah, I mean, when people die, it's just like it's it should be the end of it, right? I think it was mismanaged, right? I don't think that mosh pits are going away. They'll be slapped on the wrist. They'll be protected. They'll be guarded against for sure. But come on, this is a generational thing. Like, this is what kids do. They're, and, and I don't think, like, we sound old when saying there'll be no more mosh pits. But, yeah. No, Live I'm not Nation old. Trust a, me. I don't say I'm responsibility. <laughs> well, yeah, so they well, got a responsibility. Yeah. That bum rush at the VIP. Yeah, the we, place ran over capacity. It was poorly or- orchestrated. Mm-hmm. And, like, when people were getting hurt, they kept the thing going. Yeah, so I they noticed. Have to do refunds. I noticed like that, the, like, with with the point that you made about, uh, like Ryan said, we'll never know how much Travis knew, but we did see him still on stage. Like, he saw, you know, concert go- goers dancing on top of the ambulance and kept the show going. Yeah. Uh, and we've also seen so many different examples. I saw some of Linkin Park and Adele and a few others who have stopped their shows. And it's like, even with respect to, like, the pent-up en- uh, energy that you mentioned um, earlier, do you think that we'll be able to especially like in a post-lockdown, because we're not post-COVID, but like in a post-lockdown world, do you think that mosh pits, aside, isolated from this incident, will uh, show a bit more humanity to, like, people involved in mosh pits, will they show a little bit, do you think people start showing a little bit more humanity to their fellow neighbor after this? I'd like to think so. I mean, again, I'd like to think that that would be one of the kumbaya revelations i definitely think that travis is going to have somebody that pushes a button you know or stands next to him and says like call the show right whoever Mm -hmm. was on his team i'm sure he's very angry at management or security because well, they didn't signal to him. Yeah, well, I don't well, think from you what can I'm, see from, with the bright lights what's well, from, going on in that crowd. With respect to what you just said, uh, the police chief of Houston warned Travis. But that was uh, before the event? Before it happened. like there, And then I think Live Nation, they ended up on their end selling, overselling tickets. So yeah, so I guess like mm, what I want to know what can be done though moving forward because we keep saying like, okay, this happens. How can we like Moshpits be more humane? But like, what are you hearing from the industry in mm-hmm. terms of the few things that will be done for other concerts moving forward? Well, for one, Travis is taking a little pause, right? He's not playing Vegas this weekend anymore. Post Malone took his slot. He's definitely going to do some reflection. So the the one thing is for sure that. Two, I think Live Nation is going to do a much better job. And I think everybody will follow suit on kind of slowing down mosh pits, making sure there's bigger production. If the police chief has a concern, the police chief should address that concern with the promoters and the producer of the show. It's not Travis's job to change and alter his show. Yeah, he should He's, I'm sure, listening to that. But what is he supposed to do in that scenario? They bum rushed the VIP. The place was overrun. It's not, yeah. and, and the headlines were just right after the right out of the gate. It was like, oh, people were having fentanyl overdoses and stabbed with needles. Honestly, it sounds like you work with Travis. <laughs> What'd you say? It sounds like you work with Travis. Like it sounds like I you don't. were. I like you know him I or something. Uh, I, well, I have worked with them, and I understand this 
capacity, right? I've represented artists. I've put together festivals. Mm -hmm. I know the ins and the outs. I know where this went wrong. Mm. And like, and I know what the media is spinning this into. It's crazy. There's some real conspiracy theories that like, you know, heart attacks. We've seen were them. Caused. We've seen them for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, uh, Jesse K, we really appreciate you for joining us. Hopefully, yeah, we get to like now look at what to do moving forward so this doesn't happen again. But thank you again for joining us for this. Of course. I think people have to just be careful. Remember, like, this is the first time everyone's been out in two years, and it's just, you know, we should take it slow. I, I've been enjoying mm-hmm. going to events that are a lot lower key. Yeah, me too. And this is like, you know, this was a zoo. I wouldn't want this. To, I wouldn't want to be at this show with anybody. Yeah. Um, well, Jesse. Though, we, yeah, we we gotta go. We actually have to go to break. But yes, you do make a point. I like intimate events, including like this radio show. Three people. That's yeah. It. <laughs> um, Jesse K is the CMO of Dream Stage, editor in chief of Beats and Bites. Thank you again. Next up, the country making it illegal for your boss to text you after work. We'll tell you which country that is next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, they are saying that it would be illegal for your boss to text you after work. Are we okay with that? Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think that... Um, bosses texting after hours is I don't even like emails after hours if I'm being honest but I'd prefer you emailing me than text me uh, yes yeah I mean I have my own thoughts no about job this ever paid me that well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it depends on the job I think that every job comes with its like own set of kind of standards of course at the same time there are uh, there are extremes, right? You don't want to be taking advantage of people, being in people's face. Like, if you're on a deadline or there's, if you're in the news industry and there's breaking news, like, there's certain things I feel like, but we're in a different industry. That's not a to, normal situation. And I, I was also about to say, I was relating the question specifically to me. Of course, every job has its own little yeah. push and pull. I'm talking about me and what I I don't do. care what type of job it is. I don't think you should be hitting up people after hours. My thing is, yeah, I get it. Like, I worked in social media management where sometimes things your life is just mm-hmm. breaking news, all these type of things, right? Right? Like, there's more, a little bit more kind of wiggle room there. Um, but for the most part, even then, it's like the worst. Like, it's even then, it is, it allows you to set up no boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it allows people to cross the boundaries that if you did set them up even more, and it, it makes, it continues to, um, fuel the narrative that you always have to be working 24-7 and if you don't then it's like you're missing out on everything. Yeah. And, it, it and fuels you, don't every- get, you don't get paid for your time. Yeah, you don't. It'd be different if I'm hitting you up after hours and you get paid for yeah, your time. Yeah, you could log that, but, right? Yeah, yeah, but you you don't. And this has come up, of course, because of that gray area as people work more from home, right? And there's no line between work and your personal life. Uh, the law is called right to disconnect and this actually didn't get passed. It's a law giving workers the ability to switch off work devices was not voted through, though. And I I think this is interesting. Like for me, my my personal experience with that is that, you know, I used to be the texter. I was that boss, by the way, texting constantly. Mm -hmm. And I am working with, you know, a younger generation which who did kind of bring it to my attention that there gets to be some kind of etiquette around it. Because I grew up at a time where, unfortunately, you know, 
with the people I worked with or with myself, I wasn't taught that, right? Yeah, and so, and I was open to it. Like we have Slack. We say typically our messages go on Slack. I was just about to say with Slack, I turned that little notification. Boop, boop. Yeah. So we we message on Slack. Uh-uh. Emails. Mm-hmm. I used to send emails at all hours. Yeah. I now, if it's after hours, unless it is an emergency, I'll usually do it. I'll, I'll schedule it for the morning. And then also a text is only really if like they haven't answered within a certain amount of time on Slack or if it is an emergency. So like we've Email, created this. Emergency is good. Yeah. I an emergency can also be a spectrum, by the way. True. Oh, right? yeah. That's subjective. <laughs> but I, I will say that Slack is the devil. And I prefer emails because I can gauge when I can I respond agree. to that. Slack, there's this there's this sense of entitlement and immediacy to respond because you're on Slack. No, I hate it. For me, I just hate it's hard it. to keep track of messages on Slack. I mean, that is true. They like, could use an update and a makeover. But yeah. I, I love this rule. I don't know. I, I I, I like Slack, actually. I've always used Slack, and it's always been enjoyable for me. I don't know. The way my brain works, it's hard. I just think that there's an expectation on Slack for you to respond immediately. Like, you don't have, like, emails give you a grace period if someone sends you an email. I can respond within an hour. See, Slack, people are pulling their hair out if you don't respond within five minutes. And I think that is subjective to wherever you're at, because for me, like, I can go a couple of hours and respond to a Slack because people know, oh, that person's in meetings. People know the schedule, mm-hmm. right? When you have access to like your other coworkers' calendars and you can see what they've logged on there, you'll know. You can go look being like, oh, they're out right now. They're like doing something. Are they in a meeting or something like that, right? Where mm-hmm. there's an open communication being like, oh, this is why they're not doing it. If it's an emergency, then they hit you up on a text exactly. message. Right. But Slack-wise, for me, that's always been my... Um, my thing was like, oh, people weren't freaking out if I didn't immediately respond. Because I, I got other stuff to do. I got, also got to work. Yeah, <laughs> but, if you're constantly answering messages, how are you yeah. But even with, with respect to the, the topic at hand, with bosses texting after hours, it's like, I still have other things to do. I have to live. I have to eat. I have to watch Potomac Housewives. Priorities. I need time to decompress <laughs> from work. Yeah. So don't be texting me at 9 p.m. talking about what's on the docket also, for tomorrow. There's also a bit of a trigger that happens with that. Like, yeah. it's nerve-wracking. Even if you don't need to deal with something right away when someone texts you you could just get that jump you know like oh yeah and that's important for our mental health we talk about this a lot if you really want to create an environment supporting mental health like what are the actions you're doing and are you being part of the problem or the solution i even have friends text messages on do not disturb i need my yeah and that's also the other side so everyone the other side of it is that on the other side is okay well you can't if you can't control someone else like you don't you yourself get to decide whether you want to text someone back or respond right it's also on you because you can't control anyone else because don't (laughs) say that it's just about like them hitting you up and bothering you you also have the ability to discern what you want to pay attention to and I that's don't respond. To work on. I know exactly. That's, right. that's good. And I won't be guilted into responding. Well, um, <laughs> next up, why Jeff Bezos and Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio are getting into some beef. What happens next? Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, the latest Twitter beef, celeb beef, is between billionaire Jeff Bezos and Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, it's kind of a jokey beef. That was a bit yeah. of a clickbaity thing. Well, they uh, saw each other. Actually, Bezos and his girlfriend, what's her bucket? Sanchez. She was a reporter. I don't actually. know if her name really matters. Uh, I mean, all right. So the two of them, no they're shade. dating. Lauren Sanchez and Bezos were at this gala event, the 10th annual Los Angeles County Museum of Art um film at gala and oh, she's they, a news anchor yeah she was yeah she was an anchor so there was a picture that came out everywhere on social media where she is seen just staring up or a video actually at DiCaprio who by the way looks 
huge, like a giant compared to this couple. Yeah, you know, so here's the thing. Leonardo DiCaprio, I have shared space with him on two occasions, not one-on-one, not one-on-one. I've seen him at a restaurant, and I've also seen him out in Hollywood. Now, on Google, it says that he's listed as six feet tall, but I, that man, I'm 5'9", and... He looked like he was about five seven, five eight to me. Who looked that short? Who was that? Leonardo DiCaprio. He he is not six feet. Well, no, Leo looks tall. I I don't think Leo doesn't look tall. I th- yeah, maybe I they're think, like five two. Well, I think producer Vanessa was shocked that Jeff Bezos was small. He's five seven according to Google. Yeah, he's small. And so for but me, Leo's like, not six feet. I don't care if you got all it. the money in the damn world. If it's if you're picking between Jeff Bezos and Leo. The right answer was what she was doing. She perked her breast up and said, "Hello." <laughs> I mean, granted, if you're if she, you saw how close she was to Leo and My looking thing, in his eyes, she's oh, yeah. winning. Who's not? Who's you, not swooning over that? First of all, you're winning if you're in a situation where you can flirt with Leo and then go home with a billion. Exactly. Okay. She's Are you kidding right? me? Well, meanwhile, Bezos tweeted this. A picture of him with this dangerous steep cliff fatal drop sign saying, Leo, come over here. I want to show you something. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe there's like a little bit of a threesome underway. No. How did we go there? Here's the thing. I, I just, you know, I know our show's called Let's Go There, but I didn't, was not expecting there. By the way, I just looked up Lauren Sanchez's height. She's 5'2", but also Jeff Bezos has nothing to worry about in this instance because we all know Leo likes some young and, like, barely That's legal. True. That's true. Blonde. She's a little barely old. Barely legal. She's a little old. Matter of fact, when I saw him at the restaurant, he had, like, a harem around him that all looked like like little model. Like, I kid you, like, barely barely 18. Yeah, he likes to that's go what to, it, That's um, what they look like. He likes to go to the nice guy. Oh, that's a place in L.A. Yeah, it is a place in L.A. Okay. Well, check him out. John Mayer. Oh, really? How was he? I heard he's a jerk. Was he nice to you? No, he was great. He's actually he's an interesting some, person. You know, I was there with some friends. And he we said his genitals are a white supremacist. Did okay. you know that? Hey. Well, uh, we have more show note. coming up, right? <laughs> yes. He did. Another <laughs> a big male celeb, an actor who's actually come out against. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are wrapping up our show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah. Yes, Queen. This one goes to the old gays who are going viral on TikTok. They're a bunch of gays, Robert Reeves, Mick Peterson, Bill Lyons, and Jesse Martin, who have become famous for their social media presence. I mean, they have like 3 million followers on TikTok. It's pretty wild. And they are so adorable. I mean, this is unsurprising. They went viral on YouTube when I first saw them. Like, their content is pretty funny. They've been around. (laughs) They've been around. Here's a clip. Gay. Oh my God! He invented gay. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I was born a gay man. I've been verified as being gay. And this shells here is a two-dollar bill. Oh, and those are hard to find, Nanny. So yeah, I mean, I could watch them for hours, and it's just such a, a positive message to show that. You could have a gay old jolly life. <laughs> what, Shira? Where are you going with this? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I think what they've said, actually, in terms of the popularity and people loving their presence, is that it's good for for those in the community to see that 
you know, one at an older age as a gay person that you could have community and support. Well, yeah, in fairness, in a lot of LGBT communities, we've been robbed of elders, especially with visibility. So that is nice. I think that adds a refreshing touch to see that these men are so solid in their personalities. They're funny. They're engaging. And yeah, we get to see representation of elders within the LGBT community. And guess what? Uh, this isn't the last we'll see of them. They're actually partnering with this company to develop their own unscripted docu-series. Oh, Okay, now. Exactly. They're moving on up in the media world. All right. So the old gays, check them out everywhere on social media. And that's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. That also does it for our show today. But we are back tomorrow, same time, weekdays here live on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, we have one of the lawyers who helped win marriage equality here mm. to talk more about that. But also how fragile it all is and the GOP can take it away. Uh, So that's tomorrow. Plus, are people lying more since the rise of social media? (laughs) We're getting into that conversation also. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Thank you to Sharjah Cell for being here again. Join us in studio and all week long here on Let's Go There. And now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris. Right after this, he's talking about busting sex myths. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 